Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. And today we're going to talk about the latest marketing channel to really emerge, and that is business podcasting. And businesses are using this format for two primary reasons. One is internally to communicate and build culture within an organization. And two is externally, so grow reputation and credibility. And we're going to talk about these objectives today as well as how you get started in developing a business podcast. And to help us with this topic is David Spray, who actually hosts three podcasts of his own, which are business-oriented, and actually has a podcasting business. David, it's, thanks for being here today. Did you want to introduce yourself and your podcast and tell us how you got started with them? Sure. Well, thank you both for having me uh, as a guest. It's uh, I've listened to some of your podcasts, and I was really excited to, to be a guest. So right off the bat, let me just say that... Uh, uh, I am not a marketing expert. My background is really in business development. I'm a CPA by training, have, uh, was in public accounting with a big four firm, and then CFO of a company in Houston. But most of my career has been in business development, selling very expensive professional services for uh, like a lifetime value of north of 100 grand. So I just kind of want to preface it because that's uh, kind of the angle by which I come to this, this at. So we may have some different, uh, uh, perspectives on this. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to start by just uh, kind of laying that out. So the background, I've been an avid podcast listener for probably seven or eight years in starting about five years ago, I wanted to start a podcast for my tax consulting business, my primary business. It's a super niche part of the code. It only helps privately held companies who export at least $5 million a year. So very few companies qualify. Very few people know anything about it. The companies that do this work, it's just one of many services that they offer because the market's so small. But we chose to be to specialize in this one area. So we're the only firm that does this unique area. And it's called a, the program is called an IC DISC. It's an acronym for Interest, interest charge domestic international sales corporation. So to just give you the backdrop, and I thought it would be great to have a niche podcast on this subject. And every time I would think about it, I would go Google how to start a podcast and I would see, okay, first start by choosing one of the hundred microphones that are. <laughs> Very and, fair. And I would, yeah. yeah. And then I would just kind of get overwhelmed with it. And then a couple of years ago, there was a firm that had a couple podcasts that I had a business relationship with. And I said, I said, I know you're not in the podcast uh, helping business, but like I'd pay you a thousand dollars a month. If you guys would just help me get one podcast out a month. And they're like, ah, I don't know. And I'm like, please, please, please. And they said, okay. And then we started, I had one episode a month and then we just, we just kind of kept tweaking it. So by the end, my podcast was very different than all of, theirs. And it was great for business. My closing rate before the podcast was about 50%. Then I self-published a book and with the book as a, as a tool, closing rate went to about 60, 65%, yeah. but the book and the podcast closing rate went to 90%. So I think the podcast alone would have taken me to 80. 
And the reason why you have to like understand how these prospect meetings would go. So I would have, I'd be referred to somebody, a business owner who might be interested in this program. They were usually introduced to it by another business owner who, you know, did this or a banker or somebody. And so I go in to meet with them a week earlier. They'd never heard of this program. Their CPA oftentimes really had no familiarity with it. So I walk in and I, I first present them a copy of my book, The Business Owner's Guide to an IC Disc. So they kind of set up a little straighter in their chair, like, oh, wow, I'm in the presence of a published author. Okay, so this guy's really into this. And then while we're talking, I would let it slip. Oh, by the way, not only do I have the only book on the subject, but I have the only podcast on the subject. Yep. And so what would happen is these people would say, okay, so I now know who my IC disc guy is. Uh, so the question now is just, am I going to do it? Am I going to not do it? And so even if they'd go back to their CPA and say, hey, can you do this IC disc thing? And they say, oh, yeah, we, we did one a few years ago. Yeah, well, sure. We're experts at it. You know, they're going to be like, do you have a podcast on the subject? Do you have a book <laughs> on the subject? And they're going to be like, no. So, uh, so it was an amazingly valuable tool. The other reason it was helpful was... I was really bad about emailing our contacts. So we've got about 10,000 names in the database, but I was so worried about being annoying that I would only send out two emails a year, maybe three, like if there was some significant change in the tax rules. And so the other thing the podcast did for me is it gave me an excuse to send an email to our mm -hmm. database once a month, like clockwork in a non-annoying fashion. Email short, text only, no graphics, in two paragraphs. Hey, on the podcast today, we have Ann and April. They have a great story, a lot of good lessons to learn. It's up right now. Here you go. And, and so that email alone started getting results because I would have like centers of influence who would reply and say, hey, Dave, it's funny. I got your email. I've been meaning to call you. Mm -hmm, now, yep. how hard was it for them to go look up my info, shoot me an email? Well, apparently it was harder than just hitting reply to my email and saying, right. hey, mm -hmm. call me. So that was the first big benefit I saw was I now had a monthly email that went out that I didn't have to create any content for because I heard somebody say once that recording a podcast episode is 10 times easier than drafting a blog post. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so, and then I would have guests on and at the end of the interview, when I have, I would have a post call debrief. Uh, the response was almost always the same because most of these, and this was two years in, so I've had 24 guests. Most of the guests would say the same thing. And most of them had never been on a podcast and they would say, Dave, I'm so impressed that you have a podcast. Like I've wanted a podcast for years, but like, I don't even know where to start. And my response would be, um, it's a great idea. You should do it. If you want to pick my brain, give me a call. And that mm -hmm. was it. And then I noticed after a couple of years, nobody launched a podcast. So on February 9th of this year, I had this theory that the reason nobody launched was because it's just too complicated. They can't figure out with you know, microphone, right? Exactly. You know, there's 50. <laughs> I sent an email to three of my guests and I said, Hey, I'm just curious if we had a service called podcast done for you and we did everything for you and it cost a thousand dollars a month for one episode, would you be interested? All three replied back 
almost instantaneously, yes, when do we start? Mm -hmm. So at 7 a.m., mm -hmm. I had a hypothesis, and at noon, I had you know, another business. So the beauty of being a serial entrepreneur, right? <laughs> Nobody tells you you can't start another business. And so that was in February. And I used to say that that doing podcast interviews was my favorite part of my job. But I've changed that now helping other people discover the superpowers of having their own podcast is even more enjoyable and more satisfying. So fast forward, this is just a side business for my partner and me, uh, more of a passion project. And so we just passed 10 clients and 100,000 of annual recurring revenue. And so we're just, we're having a blast with the business and uh, kind of spreading the word. Well, that is a really fantastic story to set the context for everything we're going to talk about. But before we even get started, I got to let you know, David, I'm like, you know, you're a marketer, right? You say yeah. <laughs> everything you just did you, you, to, have, to, to the point of like sending out the emails to figuring out what's the insight and how you're going to attract people and then how you can develop a business. You know, that's all marketing, right? So you can no longer say that you're not a marketer because you just proved otherwise. <laughs> Shoot. Okay. Well, now uh, now, now you're really out. on the hook. Yeah. Now okay. you're in trouble. Now you've, now you've raised, okay. you've raised the bar. So just so you know. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> No, that's that was awesome. No, thank you so much for that background because I think that's going to be really helpful context as we talk um, through these these points. And so let's jump into what you need to know about business podcasting in order to make it an effective marketing channel. So the first element here is you need to identify the purpose for your podcast. And as mentioned earlier, there are two primary objectives for a business podcast. One is if it's internally focused, is to communicate and build culture within an organization. Or it could be externally focused, which is to grow reputation and credibility. So let's break these down. And let's start with the first one, which is communicating and building culture within an organization. So even before we really got to hybrid work environments and that started becoming the norm, it was common to have organizations that transcended walls of a building. So like even within when I was at P&G, you have the corporate headquarters in Cincinnati, but you had satellite um, R&D offices all throughout Cincinnati, you had manufacturing all throughout the country and even the world. And then we even had offices globally, right? So it's very common to have very extended workforces, um, and especially as, as you grow bigger in scale. And so even then, even before COVID, there were struggles in keeping your organization connected. So at P&G, we used to use town halls at nauseum, video communications, webinars, emails, all of those things. And they were all set at specific times where you thought you were going to get the most people, right? But Frankly, with now the emergence of podcasts, you have more flexibility and actually more intimacy in communicating these messages because when done right, podcasts, they're more storytelling than data telling, which makes them more engaging for the listener. And this really creates that emotional connection, which reinforces and helps to really build and make tangible the brand story of the company. And that is where the magic happens, okay? And leaders are starting to use this format more frequently, as as David said in the intro, as as you know, people are starting to get more engaged in, in in this format. They're finding it very helpful in order to be able to communicate with their employees in a way that's not as intrusive, and that their employees then can consume at their leisure. To the point that you know, David made about the emails and being able to to, to shoot that email out that's very simple, but and very concise, but very valuable because he's giving them something that it's going to be useful for them in that moment in time. But 
it can be very hard to connect with everybody in one moment in time, which is why this is so beautiful. So then people, if you're in a sales call, like we've heard, for example, they can be listening to it on their way to their sales call versus having to like try to carve out minutes in the day that then they have to like be glued to um, the phone. And it also allows the leaders to have a little bit more style when it comes to the podcast. They, they don't have to be as formal as um, you would in a, in a normal kind of like webinar. And, and that gives you a lot of freedom to make it a little bit more interesting and, and, and really kind of bring out the, the brand character of the business. Yeah. And then from the business side of things, you can use the podcast to grow reputation and credibility externally. So this is a really good way to grow your thought leadership. You can control the message. You can control the timing. You can control the frequency. Unlike other methods of publishing and PR and speaking in events where it's really on the other person's timeline, right? So Anne just made the points about internally where you run into these challenges. Externally, it's the same thing. If it's not your platform, that you own, you're at the mercy of the people that can either internalize the, the information or find the right way to promote it, et cetera, et cetera. And so it really does work to grow your reputation on your terms and to build your credibility as fast as you want to because you can put on episodes really whenever you would like. And it can also be a really effective work generator, lead generator for your business, especially if you use ads um, and you put it out there that way to promote. But it can also be an education and training tool. So the way we've started approaching marketing smarts is that when people come to us with a business request, a lot of times instead of filling out a hefty RFP or pulling together portfolio examples, that sort of thing, we push them to one of the episodes depending on what the topic might be and encourage them to listen to that. And I think that does a couple of things. It gives them our expertise really quickly and upfront. And David, you said at the beginning, people just knowing you have a podcast sometimes mm -hmm. can change their opinion of you totally happens to us. Um, and I think, too, then they get a sense of how it would be to work with us. And so you get a sense of our style. I mean, David, you mentioned that Ann and I banter a lot, right? And and that's true of our work, too. We like to give our clients a little bit of a hard time in a, in a very well-meaning way. We like to have fun in the work that we do, but we also take things seriously and are really diligent and detailed in the work that we do. And I think all of that comes across in the style of our podcast, and it makes those sales and conversions happen that much easier because while we put a ton of work into the podcast, it makes the the lead generation and sales portion of what we do less intensive. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to make the note that what's valued internally and externally is different. So don't ever try to make the podcast do double duty. It's not going to work. Either your audience is internal and you're trying to communicate and build culture or externally you want to grow your reputation and credibility. But those are two pretty different things. So if you try to speak to everybody, people won't connect in the way that you want them to as your prime audience and target. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, David, how, is, um, you, how are you helping your clients choose their purpose? What are they gravitating towards? So that's a great question. So for all of, uh, all of our clients are focused on the second option, mm. the you mm -hmm. know, kind of external marketing. We haven't really had anyone that's come to us about uh, kind of an internal podcast, but it's more the external and uh, so I'm going to disappoint you with my answer here. Our clients' <laughs> purposes are always the same. 
they're not unique from one to the other. And we say that they're that uh, the work we do is strategically tactical, um, which may seem like an oxymoron. Basically, all of our clients have the same purpose, increase revenue and be able to financially justify the time and money it takes to have a podcast. I mean, that's like what the purpose really at the core we find comes down to. But you have to realize, I mean, our 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 niche that we serve is just very, very narrow. So, so I'm not saying that, that other uh, podcasters wouldn't have a totally different perspective. Well, that's absolutely, I think, the goal of every business podcast, right, is to, to somehow grow the, the business. So that's definitely the business goal. But are you finding that within that business goal, they have challenges that they're trying to overcome within the podcast that they're using the podcast for externally? No. Um, i tell you what, could I give you an example? Yeah, yeah, please. Really That'd be perfect. Summarize this well. So for my example, we're using a, uh, uh, so we have a really clear kind of psychographic. So even though our, our clients are split pretty evenly between men and women, because I'm a guy, I'm sort of better familiar with the guy psychographic. So for this example, it's <laughs> going enough. to be a guy. So he's a 52-year-old uh, partner in a 40-person Cincinnati accounting firm. Mm, okay. He's the number one rainmaking partner, and he has great prestige all around town. When he shows up to his country club, everybody knows him. They call him Mr. Johnson around the office. You know, he's just, he's well-regarded. The restaurants he frequents, he, uh, you know, they know him by name. He may have his, his reserve table. And he, for this example, let's say that he's, he, although he has a broad-based accounting practice, he's developed a sub-niche in what we're going to call employee benefit plan audits. Because mm-hmm. I actually uh, used to work for a firm that had this niche. So any company that has more than 100 employees has to have an audit done on their like 401k plan, their, their, their retirement plan. And so let's just say that he's kind of stumbled into this niche and he has 12 clients currently, and he's identified there's 100 companies in southwestern Ohio who would be a candidate for their service. And he knows another 50 people in the space who are centers of influence, bankers, attorneys, employee mm-hmm, benefits, mm-hmm. brokers. And so, um, and so his market is, first of all, he wants to keep the 12 clients that he has. And let's say the average client generates 10,000 a year in revenue. It's recurring and the average client lasts 10 years. So lifetime value of a client, hundred grand. So let's just say his, and then let's also say that for this little niche, he doesn't really have a way to market to them because he doesn't want to just send the normal firm newsletter. He can't really create, he doesn't really have much content. So like me, he only sends out two emails a year to this 200 person kind of database. And so, but for the current clients, he takes some golfing once a year and then another time a year he has, has lunch with it. So let's look at that. So the golf, eight hours, start to finish from the time you leave till you get home. Let's say his billing rate's $300 an hour. So it's costing him $2,400 plus, let's say, $600 for the golf. So call it an mm-hmm. even $3,000. 
So he's spending three thousand dollars, and let's just say that he that he starts this podcast, and the only thing he's going to do is just interview his twelve guests for the first year. It's the only thing he's going to do. So my pitch to him would be if you stop taking your clients golfing and you had him as a guest on your podcast, you'd get a way bigger return on it. Mm -hmm. And so the example is, so like I'd mentioned, we charge a thousand dollars a month for podcast one episode. So what we're saying is, so his contact is probably like the HR director. That's kind of his client. And we're saying if he calls up that HR director and says, hey, everybody's busy. Nobody seems to really have time for golf. Instead of me taking you golfing this year, how about if I have you as a guest on my podcast called uh, uh, Employee Benefit Plan uh, Plans for Companies in Southwestern Ohio? That's this podcast. So do you want to be a guest? And I'd like to have you and the owner, founder of the company on and interview you. So has him on first half of the interviews with the owner, who, by the way, let's just say he's never even met the owner because he always deals with the HR director, gets the history of the firm, builds some rapport. The HR director kind of positions the why they're a great place to work. Then at the end, he wraps up, thanks him for being a wonderful client, asks him if there's anything they could be doing differently. Uh, usually they say no. So he spends an hour, he wraps it up. Well, then what happens? So now he's developed a rapport with the owner that he didn't have before. Uh, these people have probably never been on a podcast before, so they're flattered. They're going to email their whole database announcing they were on the podcast. And because he allowed them to really tell the story and shine a spotlight on the company, they may use this for years to come as kind of a marketing piece for potential employees, potential mm -hmm. clients. So instead of spending $3,000 per client to take him golfing once a year and taking all day, he's now spending one hour and $1,000 and he has the rapport building, the relationship building, and then he gets the outreach from the client sending that email out to their database. And so that's really who our target market is, that rainmaker at a professional services firm who's already spending thousands of dollars a month on entertaining clients and prospects, who wants their podcast to serve them, uh, to, to give them greater amplification to the network they've built through the years. I think that was a really like, fantastic way of articulating how the the actually how the process can be more efficient in, in actually being able to engage and build your reputation, your credibility versus some of the more traditional methods that people have employed for a very long time. Because I think it's it's very telegraphic um, and how podcasts can be mutually beneficial in a way that's still very business oriented versus, you know, golf is fun and everything. And I've had my share of golf outings and that's supposed to build some level of camaraderie and, and networking as well. But this, it, it has a really you know fantastic ability podcasting does in order to kind of bring people together in a very unique way and keep them knitted together for a much longer period of time. So mm -hmm. I think that was a really great way of demonstrating that point. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. 
Now, go show off your marketing smarts.